Hey there, welcome to the BCHL podcast. I am your host, Jesse Adamson. Well, everybody, we got through the summer, we got through the off season, we got through the preseason, and now today is the first day of the 2023-24 BCHL regular season. This season is setting up to be a unique one for the BCHL. Uh, As many of you likely already know, uh, the league announced back in May that we will be operating as an independent league from Hockey Canada and BC Hockey going forward. You may be wondering exactly what that means uh, for the league going forward uh, and why that decision was made. Um, And that uh, is a good tie-in to our guest list this week. We have two great guests to uh, kick off the season. Uh, The first guest is BCHL Commissioner Stephen Cocker. Um, who will answer a lot of those questions uh, around the decision to leave Hockey Canada, around what the BCHL looks like now as an independent league. Um, So excited to hear from Stephen. And in addition to that, we have Alberni Valley Bulldogs forward Nicholas Beneteau, who was recently named the Bulldogs team captain. All right, as I mentioned, we will start things off with our interview with Stephen Cocker. Cocker has been with the BCHL for four years now. Uh, Previously, he was in the deputy commissioner role. Prior to that, uh, the executive director. But now uh, this season is his first season full-time as the commissioner of the league. We wanted to get Stephen on here uh, in the first episode uh, of this regular season to uh, address some of the questions that have come up um, since the league has left uh, Hockey Canada and BC Hockey. Uh, so that's what we do. We talk through uh, the reason why the league made the decision, uh, what the league will look like now going forward. We talk about some of the hot button issues uh, that have come up over the past few months, whether it's uh, BC born players, um, officiating, player fees, all of that. We set the record straight here today uh, with Stephen Cocker. So uh, enough from me. Let's get going here. We're pleased to have the commissioner of the BCHL here as our first guest on the podcast of the 23-24 season. Here is our interview with Stephen Cocker. All right, Stephen. Well, it's a busy time in the BCHL. Uh, the regular season gets going this Friday night across the league. Um, it was a, a, a busy and, and interesting offseason for the league as well. Uh, the BCHL made the decision to operate as an independent league. So why don't we start there? Uh, I, I know a lot went into that decision and it, it took a lot of time to get there. But uh, for those people that are just getting up to speed, why did the BCHL make the decision to operate independently going forward? Yeah, it, it took um, it, it took a, a lot of time. You're right, uh, right off the top that, you know, this goes back years, uh, four years ago when a discussion happened of you know, the inequalities of the Canadian development model and, you know, the non-recognition of college tracking hockey, which is the BCHL. And, you know, I don't think it's the fault of anyone eh? when the Canadian development model was, was put in. I don't think leagues in Canada were were set up like the BCHL in terms of the pipeline we've been to NCAA hockey. So uh, the conversation started quite some time ago about we need to revamp and relook at the development model in Canada. There was uh, athletes being overlooked because they wanted to go to, to college instead of major junior. Um, and that was the discussion we wanted to, we wanted to have. So, 
uh, we tried, we tried to get in front of hockey Canada for, you know, over those four years. Um, and we just couldn't get a conversation or, or a meaningful dialogue started. So about a year and a half ago, um, our board decided we need to start looking at what it would look like if we were to operate independently and a ton of work went in a ton of hours, a ton of hours at our committee, uh, our committees. We have a futures committee, obviously our executive committee, um, a ton of planning to make sure that if this was something we needed to do, that we were ready and we had the insurance, we had the officials, we understood kind of what, you know, some watchouts were going to be and what the opportunities were going to be. And I think, you know, being, we made the announcement in May and now getting through training camps, uh, we're all very excited with, with what's in store and the potential opportunities that, that come with uh, operating independently. Yeah. So now that we are starting the season very shortly, um, what's going to be different about the BCHL this year? What can people expect? Yeah, there's not going to be a ton different. Um, you know, the talent I, I think is one of the key things. I think people, uh, fans in the seats, in the seats are going to see a faster game, uh, more talent. I think we're going to see a record number of, of commitment, NCAA commitments and so on. Um, but the game is is going to be the same. We we believe we have a great product on the ice, and I know we say this time and time again. That's n- none of our doing at the league office. This league was great uh, far far before we we came in place. Uh, but I think we're going to see the same same great BCHL and and maybe even a notch higher in terms of the skill level and, and the speed of play. How does a decision like this benefit the player specifically? Yeah, I think um, there's going to be a better development. Like we are a development league for athletes that want to pursue a college scholarship, and by creating an environment that has better players, better talent, you're creating a better opportunity and a better play environment for those players to develop and be challenged and be pushed. So, from a player perspective, um, they're they're going to be pushed. They're going to develop they're going to have more opportunity for scholarships i think we're going to have more eyes on us than than we've ever had before in terms of nhl scouts and and college coaches um so yeah there, there's going to be more opportunity here for athletes in the bchl you touched on this a little bit in a previous answer but for the fans specifically what how does this benefit them uh when they're coming out to the game they're spending their money on tickets uh, what what's the benefit to the fans yeah i think it, as i said i think the talent will be very noticeable uh, a noticeable jump a no- noticeable jump in speed uh we're already hearing from ncaa coaches that made uh, some trips out early in the exhibition season that they've never seen our league this good this early uh so i think they're gonna see, i think fans are gonna see the same but but notched up uh maybe a, a couple a couple notches in terms of the speed excitement and, and action and what about uh, the least commitment to homegrown talent? Like uh, we've uh, with the new roster rules around being independent, we've opened up the player pool to uh, a couple Europeans per team. There's uh, more out of province players allowed. Uh, what does that do uh, for the BC born players? How has the league uh, handled their commitment to them? Yeah, this is something we uh, believed in. Uh, it was kind of the the first when talking about building our rosters and our roster rules. It was that first item that we wanted to address. We weren't uh, lowering our minimum standard on on homegrown BC athletes. So uh, 
these changes, I mentioned it in, in the past answer, the changes in our league, uh, more skilled, more faster league is going to push everyone to be, be to be better. It's going to be a better development league for athletes, again, that are choosing to go that college route. And that is the same for the, those athletes coming from the province. Um, right now, we, we have teams upwards of 14 to 16 BC players on their roster, the same as we've seen in previous years. There are still decisions to be made, but um, you know we we wanted to make sure that the B- BC athletes, homegrown athletes that developed in the province of British Columbia, are not being lost in this move. And I think we've done a fan. Our teams have done a fantastic job to continue to put uh, the priority for for BC athletes. And one thing, you know, as, as we mentioned time and time again, our minimums of five have not changed from, you know, decades. That's been a decade old rule in the BC, the BCHL about minimum of five BC players moving out of hockey Canada. We now are not having the residency change rule, which I think transplanted a lot of players from across Canada to be quote-unquote BC players. So although our minimums are changing, or sorry, our, although our minimums haven't changed, we believe there's going to be more true BC athletes in because we're not having those players move from have to move from Ontario, uproot their family, and come and get a BC address. They're more than welcome in the league. There's some great players there, but they will be simply Canadians because now we have the opportunity to bring those players in and not have to have them uproot their family to move to, to the province. Another big top of, topic of conversation um, this past summer was around officiating. I know uh, the the situation changed uh, a little bit when the the league made the its announcement that they were be becoming independent. Uh, there were some early questions from people about whether the BCHL would have enough officials this year, or whether or not the uh, the quality would go down. And maybe you can just uh, update everyone on on that and where the officiating stands for the BCHL heading into the regular season yeah brad lazarich has done a fantastic job putting his his team together he didn't even have to recruit he when we made this decision uh we wanted i think it's very important to say when we made this decision we noted to bc hockey that we believe working together on officiating in this province is something that although we're making this move we don't believe that um, officials in this province should be affected because we think there will be a tremendous ripple uh, through minor hockey and youth hockey and that's something we didn't want to see but when we found that we weren't going to be able to get a, a uh, discussion about that or it seemed like they didn't want to work with us on officials then we knew we were going to have to recruit our own group um, and as I mentioned off the top fortunately for Brad he didn't he didn't have to recruit he had um, over 90 plus maybe even 100 plus officials reaching out to him uh, telling them they're interested in the BCHL and getting information about what what the BCHL will be looking like this year uh, so Brad has put together a great group of around 60 officials uh, and we're going to continue to have high quality development. I think it, it sometimes get lo- gets lost that you know we're a development league for our players, but we're also a development league. We saw it with uh, former BCHL official Grady Hamilton. I mean, he came in the league very young, and under the um, mentorship of Brad, uh, you know, he's now signed his his uh, contract to work professional hockey. So. 
that's that's the goal. That's what Brad uh, is going to continue to do, work with these young officials to get them on that same path. And again, Brad, he, he cares so much about his officials and his group. He just wants to see what's uh, and do what's best for, for uh, the officials under the BCHL. Yeah, I, I know you just talked a bunch about Brad Lazarowicz. He's the recently promoted to vice president of hockey operations. He's headed up the um, Department of Player Safety for a long time now. And everything to do with officiating in the league goes through Brad. Uh, and for those that aren't aware, he's a, a longtime NHL official. Um, I think he, he officiated almost 2,000 games, about 30 years in the NHL. So what can you say about having Brad on board, uh, on board with the BCHL and him heading up the officiating in the Department of Player Safety and what that experience and knowledge brings to the league? I, I mean, I think you you nailed it when talking about his experience. He's got such a, uh, a, a wide range of connections and contacts he's built up through his officiating career. I mean, for him to be able to bring in you know the likes of Kelly Sutherland, Shane Heyer, Jay Shares, Steve Petrowski from, uh, from the Big Ten NCAA to be mentors to our officials. I mean, that speaks volumes about um, one Brad's connections, but also about, uh, you know, people that Brad has crossed and, and uh, has, has built up relationships with and their desire to, to work with Brad and understand what Brad's working on um, is, is important and is important for the development of officials in this province. So uh, I think that speaks volumes right there when, when you talk about, uh, Brad being able to bring in those four individuals. Another thing I wanted to uh, address with you, there was some confusion um, when the BCHL did make its decision to become independent. There was talk out there that, oh, this is, is just a money grab. They're going to um, start charging the players exponential <laughs> amounts of money uh, to play in the BCHL now. Um, just uh, wanted to give you a chance to address that and uh, what the, the plan is going forward when it comes to player fees in the BCHL. Yeah, for a long time, uh, Junior A, I think, has built up the or the title of Junior A has built up a reputation of being, you know, pay to play and charging players to play. And, you know, a long time ago when you reached junior hockey, it was, you know, you're finally out of youth hockey and there's no need to to play or sorry to pay player fees and and in, in order to make a roster. So. We've created a, a plan. It's a four-year plan of upping standards across the league uh, by year four, which we're we're approaching in 2025. Uh, there will not be a dime charged to players uh, across across the league in the BCHL. It's something we, and I know our governors believe very strongly in uh, that once players reach this level of hockey, they shouldn't be charged. They shouldn't be charged. They shouldn't be paying fees. To uh, to play hockey at our level, it's it's cost a lot for these families to come through the system, the minor and youth hockey systems, and uh, you know that could be just an episode of, of its own in terms of the, uh, the the fees that are associated at those levels. And I think our our board of governors um, believes that's something that you know should not be involved in in the bchl and no player in this league should should have to be charged uh once they reach our level so uh it's coming um quick we're in this period of raising standards across the league and making sure that when a player walks in a bchl building he's getting the same 
resources and tools to develop that he would get in any other arena. So that's the um, kind of the phase we're in right now. And then by the end of that period, 2025, uh, there will not be a dime charge to, to BCHL athletes. You mentioned college commitments uh, earlier, and I know that's uh, a a key way that the league measures uh, the current state of the league um, on the ice, whether uh, where the college commitment numbers are at, those NCAA Division I scholarships. Uh, Last year, the league set a new high of 190. I'm curious to know where things stand this year with the new rules and everything uh, around college commitments heading into the regular season. Yeah, you're right. It is one of the main data points we track uh, as a league that, you know, as a college tracking junior hockey league, uh, that is one of the main data points that shows how successful we are in getting our athletes and uh, the exposure they need uh, in order to to attain a scholarship to a Division One program. So right now, uh, extremely excited where early numbers are. We're at, uh, last I checked, we were about 146 uh, Division One committed players. Uh, that is a mix of obviously players returning that uh, earned commitments while in the BCHL or before, and new recruits coming in with commitments. Uh, so, when they, where that compares with previous years, um, I believe in past years we were in the the low hundreds, a hundred and. Uh, 10 around that mark so uh, a noticeable increase uh, which again uh, gives us a lot of excitement about where the level of play is going to be and you know I think in kind of branching off on that question I think it's it's an important because I think it's a narrative that comes up about where commitments are earned and you know the what you know, what are more valuable and earning? I, I think it's very important for everyone to know development doesn't stop. Uh, once a player earns that commitment, there's in some cases four to five years before they even step, step into that program and, and wear that Jersey of whatever school they've committed to. So uh, we, they're, they're both valuable, a player coming in with already committed. I think that shows that elite players that have earned college commitments at a young age see our league as an excellent opportunity for them to continue to challenge themselves and get better as hockey players. And then equally as important is our teams and our coaches developing commitments from within. And uh, both are extremely valuable. Both uh, show that, you know, this, this league is having, uh, you know, a lot of success attracting and developing talent. Last question for you, and uh, there's there's been so much going on this off season, uh, off the ice, of course, uh, with the big changes around the league, and so much discussion on a number of different topics, and we've touched on a lot of those today in this interview. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, the regular season is is starting this weekend. So how nice is it going to be for you uh, to actually have some regular season hockey to focus on, rather than talking about all the other things? Yeah, it's 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 going to be very exciting. I mean, like you said, it's probably felt like uh, much longer off season than than what we're used to, uh, and that's because of obviously. I mean, we knew the decision we made wasn't a small one and was going to get a lot of media attention. Uh, but at the end of the day, from that when that decision was made, we all we all looked at ourselves and said, "Let's wait till September. September will do the talking for us." And not only September, but you know how it evolves through year one of this move to operating independently and then, you know, down through years two and three, and, and then we'll get a true indication of, you know, you know, where this league is, is heading. But as I said, early, 
early indications are extremely, uh, extremely exciting for us to be working in this. And uh, you can kind of see, you know, all the work paying off that's been done behind the scenes over the past, you know, one and a half, two years to, to get where we are today. So very excited, excited to see, you know, BCHL hockey as good, if not better than it's ever been before. Excited to see full ranks around our communities and excited to see our teams involved in their communities more than they ever have been before as well. All right, Stephen. Well, thank you so much for joining us and walking us through all that. Really appreciate it. And um, as you said, we're, we're all looking forward to getting the season going this weekend. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Thanks so much to Stephen Cocker for joining the podcast. All right, moving on to our second interview. We speak with Alberni Valley Bulldogs forward Nicholas Benito. As I mentioned off the top, there's some big news for Benito. He was named the captain of the Alberni Valley Bulldogs, uh, heading into his third year in the BCHL. Uh, last year was a bit of a breakout for him. Uh, he led the team in all offensive categories. He had 20 goals, 36 assists, uh, and 56 points in 53 games, and also was a key contributor in the Bulldogs' playoff run. Uh, he had 16 points in 19 postseason games and helped uh, Alberni Valley reach the league championship series for the first time in franchise history. We talk about all of that with Benito in the interview. We also touch on his commitment to St. Lawrence University and, of course, uh, his excitement around opening weekend as the Bulldogs uh, have two road games this weekend. They're in Coquitlam uh, on opening night uh, tonight, and uh, they play in Langley on Saturday as well. So let's hear from him, uh, the new captain of the Alberni Valley Bulldogs, third-year BCHL forward, Nicholas Benito. All right, Nicholas. Well, uh, exciting news for you. You were recently named uh, the team captain of the Alberni Valley Bulldogs. Uh, what does it mean to you to uh, receive that honor? Um, you know, it's a great honor. Um, we're appreciative of Joe and David and uh, the whole organization um, to give me the opportunity. So... Um, take it with a great deal of honor and I'm looking forward to a great season with the team. So you've been around for, this is heading into your third year. Obviously you weren't the captain in those years, but, uh, I'm sure you did develop kind of a, a bit of a leadership style or else, uh, they, they wouldn't have considered you for the role. So, uh, what is your leadership style? How do you, uh, motivate the guys, uh, whether it's on the ice or, or uh, off the ice? I think one of the biggest ways is just leading by example. Um, I think I play a very mature hockey game on the ice. So um, when the younger guys see that, they kind of learn from that. Um, and if something needs to be said in the ring, you know, I'll stand up and I'll say it. Um, I won't be shy or think someone needs to be called out. Um, I can handle that um, in a respectful way. So, um, you know, kind of on and off the ice, just different aspects of the game. Um, you know, just kind of able to lead like that. Looking back to last spring, it was a pretty special uh, time of year for you and your teammates. You had a, a pretty successful playoff run, ended up making it all the way to the league finals. Um, when you look back on that time and, and those few months there in the playoffs, what, what comes to mind the most? I think just fun. It was, uh, you know, it was tough uh, mentally and physically, but it was fun looking back at it, just being with the guys um, and just making it that deep in the playoffs. Um, it was such a great experience um, to do it in such a great league as well. So, um, yeah, it was just a ton of fun. 
And for you and your teammates last year that are coming back this year, how, how can you take that experience and and kind of uh, use it this year? Like, how, how do you plan on using that experience uh, for this season? Yeah, so obviously running into the team we did last year at the end there, um, bit bit of a different level compared to the rest of the teams in the league. So um, we know to set our standards higher starting the year off, um, and that's what we're doing. Um, every practice, um, every game, we're making sure we're getting better every day. Um, you know, making sure our passes are crisp. Um, just, you know, working on those systems and making everything super fast. And because of that long playoff run, um, it was a, a bit of a shorter off season for you. Uh, you guys wrapped up in mid to late May. So uh, training camp started uh, very start of September. So that's not a ton of time. But uh, when you had that off time in, in the summer and the off season, what were you able to work on uh, in your game? Um, you know, just in the gym, uh, four or five days a week. And then I was doing some skill ice and some scrimmages. So there's kind of a bit of everything getting stronger, um, working on the shot, shooting pucks, uh, you know, working on skills, hands, and then scrimmages, um, just trying to keep making plays in the summers and continue it into this year. And did you have, obviously that's, uh, takes up a lot of your time, but did you have time for any, any fun things this summer, any trips, anything like that? Yeah, I had a few family trips, um, a few trips with the guys. So, um, yeah, it was a great summer overall. I had lots of fun. Good to hear. Uh, so you are, as I mentioned, entering your third year in the league. Last year was a bit of a breakout for you. You put up uh, the most points on your team, the most goals, the most assists. Um, when you look back at the player you were in your rookie year and compare it to the player you are now, how do you think you've grown? Um, I think I just played um, a, I guess a different game, more mature game now. Um <clears throat> I was given a lot more opportunity last year um, and I kind of took that and ran with it, which is really nice. Um, and I, you know, I could have done it with all my line mates last year. We had a great line. Uh, we had some great chemistry, so I want to give credit to them as well. And I'm looking to continue it this year with some new line mates. So you do have a, a decent amount of returning players this year, but of course there's always a lot of new blood uh, in junior hockey from year to year. And this year is no different. So I know you haven't uh, been able to spend a ton of time with your new teammates, just uh, training camp and a few exhibition games. But what can you say about the, the new uh, group of Bulldogs that are coming in this year? Yeah, they seem awesome. Um, you know, we got a bit of a younger group coming in, but they seem um, like they, they're pretty skilled. Um, a lot of them had good numbers coming in. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to kind of turning them into into junior hockey players if they're coming from prep or, or minor hockey. So, um, and I know they have the skills to do that and the tools to do that. So um, I think we should be a pretty solid team this year. So last year, um, you had a, a bit of a milestone as well. You uh, uh, announced your commitment to St. Lawrence University. So um, wh what can you say about that program, uh, the hockey program there? Why was it the best fit for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it starts with the staff. Um, the staff were amazing. Um, Coach Tommy and Coach Brecky um, came to see me at the showcase and they were you know, super positive in my game, um, super complimentary. And, uh, when they invited me for a visit in November there, I went there, um, the campus was beautiful. The rink was beautiful. Um, got to meet the guys. They were awesome. So, um, I kind of knew 
right after I left St. Lawrence on my visit that that was where I wanted to go. And, um, it was definitely a little special early Christmas gift before I committed. Yeah. And that's interesting. You mentioned, uh, that, uh, the showcase. So was that the first time you'd really had any conversations with them? Was, uh, was at that event? Um, it was the first time I had conversations with them was, uh, at a practice actually last year at camp. Um, their assistant coach came out to visit me and uh, he talked to me for the first time. Then we kind of stayed in touch, uh, throughout the showcase. And then, um, yeah, like I said, they were at the showcase and, and we talked after, uh, few games there and what about the the education side of things obviously the hockey part is is very important but so is the education part so what was appealing to you uh, uh from that side of things the academic side of things about st lawrence well no school, um great education system and then the other thing that stuck out was uh the low class size um, it's not a very big school. Like, there's about 32 to 3,500 kids there. So, um, you know, each class, are, they're not going to be too big. So the student-to-teacher ratio is pretty good. Um, you know, so I can, if I need help, or I think it just creates more of a personalized environment in the classroom, which I, uh, I attract to. Last one for you. So um, the season, regular season gets going this weekend. Uh, your team uh, is on the road to start the year with a mainland trip to Coquitlam and Langley. Um, how excited are you to get things going for real this weekend? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, kind of done with preseason and ready to get the real season going. So um, it's going to be a long season and it's going to be a great one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Nicholas. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you and your teammates this year. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Jesse. that does it another episode of the bchl podcast and the first episode of the 23-24 season is in the books i want to thank both of my guests nicholas benito who you just heard from and of course bchl commissioner stephen cocker with the bchl season getting going tonight i want to remind everybody that the only place to watch uh, bchl games online this year is on flow hockey Previously, the games were streaming on Hockey TV, but Hockey TV is now Flow Hockey. The good news for fans is if you buy a one-year subscription to Flow Hockey, the cost will be even cheaper than what you were paying for for Hockey TV in the, in the past. So if you're looking to stream your team's away games this year, if you want to watch some home games from the comfort of your own living room, uh, the only place to do it is on Flow Hockey. So if you're not signed up already, make sure you head to flowhockey.tv. That's F-L-O-H-O-C-K-E-Y dot TV. Well, everybody, that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're very much looking forward to getting the regular season going this weekend and uh, embarking on what is sure to be one of the most exciting BCHL seasons in the 62-year history uh, of our league. So thanks again and talk to you again soon.